Bible. A deeper dive into the books of the Bible. Greetings and welcome to Pondering the Bible. I'm your co-host, Ken Corkins, and with me, as always, is my longtime friend and pastor, Rocky Ellison. Hello. This is Season 5, Episode 2, and we pray that we're sponsored by the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm back. I'm back <laughs> I didn't die, despite what I thought at some points. So, yeah, I, I had uh, COVID last week. A uh, bad COVID, yeah. Yeah, and it was not fun. As anybody that's had it can attest, I mean, it's, it feels terrible, but I seem to be doing better now. So praise God for that. Uh, I had this Tonight's the first I've seen you in two weeks. And I think in our 25-year bromance, that's about the longest we've ever gone. Probably so. Without getting together and talking. <laughs> Probably so. so. That's kind of weird. Weird. So last week, I just uploaded the actual sermon because we didn't have a chance to sit down and uh, actually do the podcast. Right. But this is the season of Advent. Correct. And what exactly, well, generally speaking, what does that mean and what, what is that for in the church itself? In the larger liturgical church, the four weeks before Christmas of Advent technically focus on the second coming of Christ. They the parousia. On the yes, the parousia. And, and that's what, if you go through the hymns that are suggested, there's no Christmas carols, and all the readings have to do with, you know, the return of Jesus. In our church, and in fact, I think in most churches, we use these four weeks to look forward to the Christmas, to the birth the first arrival of Christ, and that's what we're using it for. And so during the season of Advent, there are themes, right? Yes. There's, there's themes and there's characters that go along with those four weeks. What are those? In the right. So the very first Sunday, the theme is hope, and the symbol is a prophet, and prophets gave messages of hope. Uh, the second week is angels and peace. Uh, third week is shepherds and joy, and the fourth week is wise men and love. And in the past, I've sometimes we've followed either the theme or the symbol through the season of Advent. This year, or I have picked uh, four lesser-known prophecies about Christ, about the, co the first coming of Jesus, and we're digging through those. Uh, some of them people will recognize, some of them they won't. But Isaiah last week was not Surprising. That's, yeah. that's kind of one that we talk about uh, many times for, for Advent. But this week, we're going to go through what? Haggai. Haggai. Chapter 2, verses 6 through 9, which um, most people have probably never spent any time in Haggai and certainly don't know what's it got to do with Christmas. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> when you told me this is what we're covering, I'm like, that's got Christmas in it? Okay. But we'll do it. I agree. Let's do it. Yeah. This is how it goes. <laughs> okay. Um, so, as you said, Haggai chapter 2, verses 6 through 9, a very short reading. Yes. Um, but you are going to read out of what translation? Tonight I'm working from the New International Version, NIV. Um, I want something that's still very reader-friendly, but tonight I need something that's a little more technical than what we typically get through the NLT. Okay. This is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while, 
I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations and the desired of all nations will come. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place, I will grant peace declares the Lord Almighty. Amen. All right, so let's, let's widen up our scope a bit here, and let's talk about Haggai, who was Haggai. We spent the whole summer uh, in the book of Ezra, mm-hmm. right? And, and I need to kind of bounce back to that for just a second. Um, in the year 586 BC, the Babylonians arrive in Jerusalem. They set siege to the city. Uh, and after one year, they, they break down the walls. They invade the city. They uh, take everyone who's still alive and haul them back to Babylon as slaves. And they tear down the holy temple um, stone by stone until it is gone. Uh, it's just a, a pile of rubble. So God's holy temple is gone. And this is when uh, the prophet Ezekiel sees the Shekinah glory of God rise up out of the temple and leave. He sees God abandon the holy temple. Uh, And then the Jews then spend 70 years in Babylon as slaves, uh, where they get to, they deal with some of the really deep questions. Has God left us forever? Um, If we don't have a temple, do we still have God? What What's the value of the Bible? What is faith truly? And they deal with, it's a really productive time for them. After those 70 years, they are allowed to come back and to rebuild uh, the Holy Temple. All right, we covered a lot of that in Ezra. Yes. That was a lot of what Ezra was about, the return of the exactly. exiles. Yes, that's, Ezra starts with that, that return. Um, and it's, it, it takes them 20 years before they get around to it, to, to starting the rebuilding of the temple. And when they do, uh, it's, it's a really sad imitation of Solomon's temple. The quality is just not there. It's, it's smaller than Solomon's temple was. And uh, it's just in, in no way when you look at it, is it the equivalent of the former temple. But they eventually get the foundation laid and uh, have a dedication ceremony. And two really important things happen at the dedication ceremony. First, and we talked about this in Ezra, mm-hmm. the old men begin crying. Yeah. They, they look at what this is, and they remember what the former temple was like. And this, this is such a sad imitation that they just break out in tears for its its lack of of specialness. So you've got all of the old men standing around weeping, not not tears of joy, but tears of disappointment. It's extreme disappointment, yeah. And the other thing uh, that's really big at that moment is when Solomon dedicated his temple. That's when the Shekinah glory of God arrived, right? Ezekiel sees it leave when mm-hmm. the temple's destroyed, but it came on the day that Solomon dedicated it. That's when the Shekinah glory arrives. And, and the Shekinah glory of God is the fiery, burning 
brilliant, bright glory of God. It's what Moses sees in the burning bush. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's why when Moses goes on Mount Sinai and speaks with God, he comes down, his face glows, radiating back God. That is the Shekinah glory of God uh, that, that, that we're talking about. Well, on this day in, in the book of Ezra, when they dedicate this temple, they're kind of hoping <laughs> maybe we'll see some glory. And nothing happens. God doesn't come, or at least the Shekinah glory of God doesn't come. Uh, And the people are, it's this big sad moment then. All the old men are crying, and God's not here. And Haggai has only arrived just a few weeks before as a prophet of God. And so whoever's in charge, I think it's Zerubbabel at this time, says, why don't you get up there and encourage them? Cheer them on. Mm-hmm. And what we have tonight is part of Haggai's introduction to the crowd of, hey, I'm Haggai. I'm your local prophet. It's going to be okay. <laughs> right. Yeah, because we kind of covered that this from the perspective of the book of Ezra. Yeah. Because this was kind of what God was encouraging them, saying, right. hey, don't worry about it. It's okay. Right. And so now we're looking at it from the Haggai's Haggai's standpoint saying, here's what I said. Right. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Um, So now I'm going to ask, why are we reading this during Advent? Really good question. It's really easy to miss that what we read tonight, verses 6 through 9, are a messianic first Advent prophecy. It's easy to miss that. Absolutely. Because at first reading, it doesn't sound like that necessarily at all. Yeah. So I'm going to back up to uh, to verse 6, and we're just going to walk through the verses just okay. real quickly then. Uh, this is what the Lord Almighty says, in a little while, and you got to remember for God, 500 years is it's a, a little, little while. while. Yeah. <laughs> so, in a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all the nations. God says, I am about to do something incredible, and mm-hmm. it's going to touch every aspect of your lives. That's that's what the dealing with the land, dealing with the oceans, dealing with the sky means. It'll be all inclusive. This thing that I am about to do is going to be so incredible, it will invade every aspect of your life. Okay. He goes on, he says, uh, I will shake all the nations. And then this is really important. The desired of all nations will come and I will fill this house with glory. Uh Dear desire of the nations, um, uh, you may have you may think, man, I've heard that somewhere mm-hmm. before. Uh, in uh, the Methodist hymnal number one ninety six, "Come Thou Long Expected Jesus," um, it's a hymn we sang last week in this church. It's in the very first verse. Uh, Dear desire of all the nations, it comes from this verse. And so if we're doing it in the hymnal in the Christmas section, that's got to mean something. Right. <laughs> the desired of all the nations, technically, the, the best way of, of, of translating that, I think, into contemporary English would be, I will give you the one thing that everybody wants. Oh, very good. And, and so you're like, oh, that's they, the people there had to be really interested. Like, no two people want exactly the same thing, and yet Haggai promises them. God says, I'm going to send you the one thing 
everyone wants. Maybe what they need, not necessarily what they <laughs> want, right? <laughs> he says, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. Uh, it goes on down, and in verse 9, the glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house. Um, what's really interesting there is God doesn't say, she, the word he uses is not Shekinah glory, it is Kabad glory. Hmm. And Kabad glory is the physical, tangible, touchable presence of God. Uh-huh. So he promises, I will give you what everybody wants, me that you can touch. You're all waiting here today for the Shekinah glory. You all want to see fire and flame and brilliant, bright light that you can't even look at. I'm going to give you instead, here on this place, in this holy place, I'm going to give you me you can touch. In the flesh, so to speak. Yes. Incarnate, so Incarnate. to speak. Incarnate, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it, ticket. That's what uh, Haggai, on behalf of God, promises them. And I'm not sure they got it at that point, what no. it was that was being— I'm sure Probably they were like, yeah. uh, we wanted to see fire. Yeah. <laughs> we want to know that you're with us right now. Yeah. <laughs> not, yeah. not in the future, maybe. Not in the future, and—, and God, you can touch? Yeah. Is that a big deal? Is that, rather, is that what everybody wants? <laughs> <laughs> what we all need that they don't realize is we all need forgiveness. <laughs> and, and God promises them when this happens, it's going to be so fantastic that the temple, when, when this happens, is going to be greater than Solomon's temple ever could have hoped to be. It's this place that is important, not the building itself. Mm -hmm. It's my presence that is important. And I'm going to give you a presence that is incredible. God that you can look at and see and touch and talk to and hear him out loud when he answers. And he can touch you and take away your leprosy and touch you and stop your bleeding. And he can calm the seas and... You know, this is this is what I'm going to send to you. That's more amazing, and and they didn't get that, mm -hmm. but that's more amazing than than any fire show, any fireworks, or any building. Yeah, right. Yeah, very good. So let's just lay it out. What is the promise that he's given to everyone? It ends there in verse nine. And in this place, I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. That's what God says. Everybody wants peace. You want to stop worrying. Yeah. We want to we don't want to be worried about our jobs. We don't want to be worried about our marriages. We don't want to be worried about our country or war or death or, or COVID. Yeah, COVID. <laughs> we don't we don't want to spend our time worrying about those things and with the arrival of Jesus, we don't have to worry about those right. things. Um yes, they impact our lives uh, in a negative way and yes, they concern us, but Ultimately, because of Christ, everything's going to be okay, and we know that for a fact. And so, that should give you and I the ability to move through our days, even when they're difficult days, with peace. Yep. They should. <laughs> I'm not real good at that sometimes either. <laughs> so I can relate. No, I'm not going to claim that I'm there, but at least I understand where I'm, what I'm heading for, right. what I'm supposed to be looking to. In the end, it all works out. Yeah. So this is actually a Christmas prophecy. It's it's, it's when, a promise of a coming Messiah. Yes. To essentially 
bring peace to the world. Yeah, the promise of the presence of God in a form you can touch, a birthed Messiah who will bring peace. And it's not surprising then that in, in Isaiah, uh, when he lists out the titles of, of the coming Messiah, the Prince of Peace is one of the main titles that, Very that cool. Jesus will carry. Very cool. All right. Anything else on this one? No, it's a short It's prophecy. a short reading. But. And, and I've kept the sermon really short because we have the lighting of the Advent wreath, and we have communion on the first Sunday, and we have uh, special music that we always do during Advent. So it's going to be a long service anyway, so I kept a short reading and a, a short sermon for this Sunday. Have you given a sermon title yet? Desire of the Nations. It's a, another name for Jesus. Excellent. So if you'd like to listen to the sermon that Rocky delivers, it'll be at our website at www.pondergmc.org. At the top is a menu called Ministries. Pull that down, click on Sermons. Look for the sermon, Desire of the Nations. And this will have been delivered on December 4th, 2022. So where are we going next week? Um, I think back to Isaiah. I believe we're in Isaiah chapter 9 next Sunday. Uh, And we're going to stay in these prophetic books uh, all the way through Epiphany. uh, And then starting with the baptism of the Lord Sunday, the second Sunday in January, we'll jump into the Gospel of Mark and we'll stay there until uh, Easter. Okay, very good. Um, Dad joke for you. Yeah! What do you call a sad cup of coffee? Depresso. <laughs> and with that, I think we'll close this episode. This is Ken Corkins and Rocky Ellison reminding you to love God and be nice to people. Thanks for tuning in. You can find us at www.pondergmc.org. There you can watch our live stream services, listen to replays of Rocky's sermons, and find other interesting information about us. This has been Pondering the Bible.